0: Uh, good morning again everyone. Welcome to the second edition of our webinars. Uh, my name is Baba Kauhani Diwi. I'm the Head of Destination Marketing at and Tourism. I'm going to be uh, facilitating the session. Um, can we just check if all our panelists are here? Uh, Susan? are you here and can you just test your mic and check if you are audible
1: i'm here good morning
0: Uh, lovely thanks thanks thank you so much for joining us um is brajo Muzuki here okay um nissan good morning baba i'm right here um, yeah, we can't see you. We want to see your face?
2: I have switched on my video.
0: Okay, so than, yeah. um, uh, thank you. Um, CO are you there?
3: Good morning, Baba. Good morning, colleagues.
0: Well, thank you so much. Um, we are just missing um representative from Gatoa, Mr. Joe Mutsuchi. Um Just to indicate that we had uh, earlier on um apologies from their panelists. Some of them have been struggling with power. As you are aware, while we are battling with COVID-19, there are also other underlying challenges with power in the country. So we are ho- hopeful that he will be able to uh, to join us. To, to, today we are focusing on uh, associations and um, we're also focusing on our regions. Um, just again, ground rules, colleagues, uh, if we can uh, switch off our mics.
4: Okay.
0: Can we please switch off our mics? Um, we will use the panel uh, provision there below to raise hands uh, to feed in specific questions. Um, we'll also be taking commentary from our social media channels. So if there are questions that members, uh, colleagues wants to pose, um, please feel free to use the facility below to fill in the questions. We are also aware that the tourism sector is made up of a variety of associations. Not all of them could make the panel today. So some of the associations that are here, please feel free to share in your inputs, use the facility uh, uh, below. Uh, We'll also give you later on a chance to share in uh, information, insights on how you have been coordinating. If everyone is here, can I just get an indication from our technical team if everyone is here um, and we can uh, start?
5: We are good to go, Mr. Baba. Uh, our session's in order. And thanks, everyone, for the turnout. Really great. With a turnout of 90 participants on this call. Well done. So I'll let you kick off.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Um, we. Like I've indicated, we are in the second uh, session of our four part series of uh, webinars. Um, We're quite excited that you have taken time to join us uh, this morning. Because it's a webinar platform, we are joined by colleagues from all over the world uh, with the help of technology. That's very encouraging. We're looking forward to your insights. We are looking forward to your contribution we are also looking forward to learn from yourselves how you have been coordinating efforts. Um, allow me to abuse this platform. Before we start with the session, can we take a few minutes of silence in honor of everyone who have perished due to COVID-19 in the country worldwide? We have known the devastation. Also, as we bow our heads, we think of the families. Um, and everyone who have lost uh, their loved ones, we also mark and recognize the scourge of femicide that continue to plague our country with women and children uh, being abused and and being killed. So can we take this moment, we observe a moment of silent, in recognition of all that we have perished and also calling in divine intervention to help us through this can we take a few uh, seconds of silence <sighs> Thank you very much. Um, we uh, once again welcome those who have just joined us. Just to indicate that we have um, uh, Suzanne Maris um, uh, among our panelists. We have uh, Yolan Kona, the CEO of Houdin Tourism. Uh, we have uh, Nesang Maleka from Youth in Tourism Transformation. Um, uh, is Brajo there?
5: Unfortunately, Brajo is not able to join us. He's let us know that he's having to be a challenge. But um, we'll try to get online.
0: Okay. Uh, who else is also there?
5: All our guests are on at the moment. Uh, Ms. Oh. Yolan, Ms. Suzanne, um, as well
0: as Ms. Wendy and Mr. Maleka. Okay. Uh, welcome, um, uh, Ms. Wendy, um, uh, from the Restaurant Association of South Africa. Uh, just Hello. to kick off, uh, can you just say hi to everybody?
6: Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for inviting us today. Uh,
0: great. Maybe just to kick off, um, uh, colleagues, um, uh, friends, everybody else who have joined us. Um, and uh, taking the point that the country marks youth month in June. So let's allow Nissan to be the one who kicked off the session in recognition of his youthful contribution uh, to, to the discussion. Nisang, uh, thank you very much for joining us once again. A happy youth month to you and to all the youthful people in this session. Um, Tell us more about your organization. What do you guys do? How do we join? And uh, what have been your key focus, especially now, as we fight the scourge of COVID-19? Good morning, uh, Baba. Good morning to guests who have joined us on this webinar.
2: Before answering you, let me take this opportunity to pay homage to the young people, the generation of 76. That ensured we understand as young people our generational mission to achieve a better but informed society. And at the same time, let me encourage young people in their own spaces the need for us to really fight this sketch of gender based violence, as it does not reflect well on our country but it does not reflect well on the international markets that want to see South Africa as a key destination, which mainly includes their own security, especially that of the female travelers. In terms of uh, the, transformation, the Tourism Transformation Council of South Africa, uh, it is a body that was enacted or a council that was enacted by virtue of the B Act. Uh, DTI had then encouraged each department it must establish a monitoring and coordination body that must oversee the enactment of BBB in various sectors. The key role of the Charter Council is to provide guidance on sector-specific matters affecting BBB entities within the tourism sector, of which we compile reports on the progression or the challenges that we are meeting in terms of the transformation of the sector. And so, for we had lobbied government that a youth voice needs to be present to challenge some of the policies that have been there since our own democracy that don't really speak to how young people participate at a broad level in terms of uh, policy making decisions, but at the lower level where associations are based. Uh, there are youth organizations that are involved in tourism, but there are associations that have been within the industry that haven't really included the energy and diverse thinking of young people, for them to actually coordinate and be futuristic about what how, role, what the role of association and forum should be in tourism. Let me stop right there, Mr. Baba
0: uh, Thank you, Nisang. Sihokona, um, uh, surely as we mark youth month, uh, young people play a crucial role in bringing in the energy, zest, and enthusiasm required, and also the sector employs a lot of young people. What are some of the initiatives in the organisation uh, that the organisation have been coordinating? Uh, I can think of the uh, safety monitors program that helps in crowding young people into the sector.
1: Good morning,
3: everyone. Once again, I'm on what feels to me like another very cold Monday morning. Um, Just to kick off and say that if I look around the room, the virtual room that we have here, it's very exciting. It just demonstrates that we're all in this together as the tourism family. I see Paul is smiling very nicely there. Um, It's very um, heartwarming to see um, our colleagues in the family from far and wide, from Cape Town to Hartis, Colleagues from the, the my sector here as well, um, and I'm very encouraged by our young uh, people representing our youth and women in tourism. Uh, and I think you're absolutely right, Baba. in terms of the, the futuristic model of tourism, uh, women, but also youth, uh, play a key role, um, I think as the Houting Tourism Authority. We um, are working in partnership with the National Department of Tourism on the Tourism Monitors Project, where we deploy young people in the tourism space to our sites and attractions across the province in the different regions. And we are working quite closely with the National Department of Tourism to reconfigure that project uh, for a more meaningful contribution in terms of the uptake of young people within the the tourism space, uh, particularly young women in the space as well. And I think one of the key things we've picked up um, through, throughout all of this, and I think we can all attest to this, is the fact that the model of tourism for the future of the sector has to look very differently. Um, one of the initiatives we are currently working on is looking at how we can re-engineer young people within the space from a digital point of view, because I think we all can agree that the tourism sector will not look the same post-COVID, which means that we need to do business differently. Um, the traditional ways of tourism... Hospitality um, has to look differently, and we need to be able to place youth within that futuristic model, um, whilst embracing the fourth industrial revolution. So that's another initiative that we are thinking about, I and mean, we will do so in partnership with our our, our young people. Um, but I think that there's another interesting project that we conceptualized just be- before COVID um, hit all of us, and that was to look at how we bring young people into the space by establishing youth cooperatives across the different regions, because we know that our tourism infrastructure is not all in the state that it should be in. Um, So how do we create space for young people to come in and help us redirect our tourism infrastructure, particularly at a local level, um, so that we enable them to become sustainable uh, youth employment uh, spaces that begins to assist and redirect tourism going forward. So that's an initiative we are quite excited about um, in working in partnership with communities and and local tourism. So I think, yeah, um, those are a couple of the things that we are busy with, but obviously the world is our our oyster. So there's much to be done. Um, And these are just uh, two or three of the initiatives that we have started um, thinking through and working on.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Suzanne, if we were to bring you in from the side of associations, especially during the time of crisis, um, associations plays a crucial role. You disseminate information to members, you keep members informed, but you also draw inspiration and courage from your own members. Um, If you are able to share more insight about your organization, what have you guys been up to in terms of the current challenges? There have been no tourism uh, activities, so I guess it's been very frustrating for you guys. Yes, Baba,
1: absolutely, a very frustrating time. Uh, So as the Chwani Tourism Association, uh, we are a non-profit association uh, coordinated by the private sector to promote our beautiful city of Chwani, the entire metropolitan area. We are an umbrella association connecting government, residents, and visitors on tourism-related matters. And as such, we are a channel of communication, industry information, and a platform for associated tourism businesses to connect and to benefit from each other. So important during this time for all of us to really connect and share information. This is not the time to be precious. So some of the things we have been doing, Baba, we have been keeping busy. Um, We have been working tirelessly on behalf of our members to interact with the larger South African tourism community and to adapt to the current situation. So some of the ways we've been doing that is through communication, um, through communicating verified information and uh, trustworthy information through our COVID-19 webpage. You can move to the next slide for me there. Um, So our website, chwanitourism.com, has a beautifully updated list of resources that everyone can use. So we've been really busy with that. We've also been extremely busy on our WhatsApp groups, on our social media, on our social media, on our newsletters, uh, dealing with all our members. And then, of course, collaboration. Um, We've been working closely with the Tourism Business Council of South Africa driving engagement with the industry, to look at post-COVID-19 protocols. These have been so very important. We've also been collaborating and working wonderfully with the restaurant collective. So our restaurant chapter started interacting acting with them a while ago, and we have just found, due to their open and collaborative culture, we immediately proceeded to work together with them. So we've been lobbying government, we've been sharing resources, and we've really been bringing the restaurants in and around Haoteng and the country together in a way that I believe it, it's been really, if ever, been done before. Then of course, um, we have been lobbying. Uh, we've been lobbying and collaborating with national government, with property owners associations, regulatory bodies and the other private sector parties who levy fees and costs on our industry. This is all for us to survive throughout this difficult time. Some of the issues that has presented challenges, which I'm sure everybody here can relate with. um, We've been dealing with insurance companies. We have been um, helping our members with the UIF-TASH applications. And then we've also been dealing with landlords lords, and assisting with legal help. Um, we can talk a lot about what we've been doing, but I believe the most important is going forward. What are we doing going forward? So first of all, we're really researching and spending a lot of time looking at international trends what is happening in the rest of the world. Um, We are looking at China with particular interest since they were first, and then also Europe, especially the restaurant trends that is coming out now is is very interesting. Um, We are making sure that we keep on growing. We are still growing our members. I started my own business five years ago and I found very quickly this is, not, this is not an industry to face on your own. Uh, you can move forward to the next slide for me there, please. So, yes, we've really been growing our new members, more input, more information, and more growth for all of us. And then, of course, going forward, we are just looking at adapting and recovery. Um, adapting to the current situation, focusing on a proactive recovery process. This industry, we are some of the most creative people in this country. Think out of the box, find new ways so that we can all adapt and recover, share ideas. Please guys, you are not in this on your own, we are all together. You can contact us, our contact details is there on the next slide. You can visit our website and then you can also contact us at the 20 Tourism Association office. Um, on that website, 20tourism.com forward slash COVID 19, you will find a lot of relevant information. Please check it out. Okay. And shout if you need any help.
0: No, that's fine. Suzanne, you are not going anywhere, so you are still here. So uh, people will still get a chance to. Um, interact with you. Uh, Maybe let's bring on uh, Ms. Wendy Alberts. Um, um, Ms. Wendy, you you should quite be excited. Um, A lot of lobbying behind the scene, Uh, but I guess we are also welcoming uh, the measures that have been announced um, with caution, trying to balance uh, livelihoods and health of our people. What have you guys been up to and how do you continue to ensure that you lobby for the sector?
6: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us and uh, welcome to all the other people on the webinar. Um, it's been an interesting 15 weeks that uh, we're certainly learning a lot of new things. And whilst we are not COVID experts, I think we certainly have learned about collaboration and how it's uh, very important to have transparency and information of integrity that is verified. So I think I support a lot of the... Um, communication that the lovely lady from the TTA just uh, dispensed and I think there are a lot of uh, restaurant lobbying groups at the moment which has been very good for government because I certainly can see that the improvements on the industry to have a voice has certainly been recognized and I think for years and years we've been trying to get acknowledgement of what an important contributor we are to um, employment as well as to the GDP and I think that there's certainly finalization now that they do adhere and understand how important we are. I also think it's really important that we've seen how iconic the amount of restaurants are that we've got within the tourism belt and how complex that has become by losing so many of those restaurants. So we certainly are trying to look at a revival structure. So whilst we've been doing the same amount of work, I guess, as the other lobbying bodies, you know, in terms of dispensing information, putting the necessary SOPs together, working with international partners, working with international players like um, Ecolab and IHSS to bring the protocols and to bring worldwide protocols. We've also been engaging with some 13 associations that we have relationships with around the world, bringing pertinent information and bringing content and real content, I think, from what is happening on the door-to-door daily lives of restaurants and how they've been financially crippled and trying to understand those measurements in order to look for solutions and how we mobilize industry so we've certainly tackled everything right from the landlords. We have had very good relationships and we've put uh, agreements together with Sapoa and the shopping center council. We've also engaged with the insurances. We brought uh, uh, a lot of that information through to South Lecher, who's assisting with the court case on that to ensure that those policies that we've had the luxury of paying for is uh, administered and paid out. We are engaging with the banks now to relook at their financial model, model in terms of the lending criteria, I mean, restaurants need lending in order to move forward. We've started engagements with the local minister, um, small business tourism minister, on what the relief mechanisms are. And we're starting to chat to local authorities like yourself in terms of what is the resuscitation plan that we've got going forward um, in helping these restaurants that are iconic to the industry um, in mobilizing and staying open. Furthermore to that, we've obviously been working quite hard with TURS and UIF. We've got a task team. And we've got a task team on both sides. So we've been um, quite fruitful with payments on that. It's important that we get those payouts through. It gives uh, support to the restaurants here in terms of their um, viability and also their relationship with their staff, which is important. Um, We've been dispensing some lovely information on um, all sorts of resources that they can use to reopen their businesses. So we brought a lot of players on board that uh, have brought the necessary components to reopen the, the restaurants right from the delivery side of businesses to take away to the bottle store part and obviously now in the reopening. We've uh, doing a lot of retraining at the moment and we're bringing new content on board. Ecolab is phenomenal, they've got some lovely retraining programs that they're providing for the industry, beautiful videos, etc. So I think we've covered every part and every turn. We've been uh, quite um, on top of things and uh, bringing the necessary dispensated information immediately to the forefront of the industry and ensure that we engage with the necessary partners to do that. So you know, we're now excited about the news to reopen um, we will continue to educate government and educate different players on the financial model moving forward. We're doing a lot of financial resources at the moment on how we look at transforming a restaurant business to make a viable moving forward, as well as the accumulative debt. And obviously, the, the large challenge is to tackle those heavy leases that we don't really want to go back to. So we're looking at uh, mobilizing the, the the financial model moving forward and working with some very clever partners that we've got We're also engaging with international investors to come in to look at the iconic restaurants that are on the tourism belt that are also very pertinent to the landscape of South Africa on how we can bring a model into South Africa that will survive those restaurants. Um, So we've got all the health and hygiene and all those kind of things, the relationship with government, the training modules and manuals. And we are here for the industry. You know, we support a large portion of the industry and we've been going for a very long time and we certainly hope to engage with, um other industry associations and uh, try and work together that we an industry that has uh, certainly got more leverage than being more diluted if we talk about collaboration
0: absolutely, and among others, you uh, provide a huge platform for employment of young people young women in in, in particular uh, what speaking about transformation, what are some of the initiatives currently now to really keep these young people on the jobs? Uh, the finance minister spoke about moving into the sector, moving into a post-COVID environment where we prioritize South Africans, we produce local, we consume local. What are some of the initiatives from your side?
6: There's so, there's so much work that we've realized that needs to be put forward in terms of the employment part of our sector. I think the critical part is to get industry open to understand how much talent is left in terms of the unemployment part. And what are we gonna do with the staff that cannot return back to work? I think there's a very, very important part in terms of skills retention that we need to take care of and how we work with the unemployed part of that to bring them back. We have got some lovely partners that we are putting in terms of qualifying and um, bringing credentials on board so that when restaurants need to um, change over a shift and their shift to being infected, we certainly have worked with other employment sectors in the industry that can re- then bring a new shift on board so that that restaurant doesn't have to close down. It's a very, very small part of uh, moving forward. I think the more critical part is to get the restaurants open, to also do the skills and to reignite those training and, and the retraining programs that we've got. Now, staff have been sitting at home for a very long time. We're also doing a lot of uh, psychological content that's coming through also to bring that wellness and the, the emotional wellness back into the industry and to motivate and inspire people to enjoy and to love the industry as what we did before so that we can take it forward, that the consumer behavior is also met in terms of the staff engagement. And thereafter, we are going to work with the different regional and municipal departments in order to talk about how we are going to do staff retention and what we're going to do with the unemployment sector as well as the new parts of industry in terms of retraining. Imminent conversation that we're currently having is to develop the proper critical framework for a qualified waiter, that we can have a universal waiter qualification as a trades qualification. I think that is part of moving forward in uh, mobilizing industry.
0: Thank you so much. It's quite exciting. And I guess everybody, uh, colleagues are looking forward to that. Uh, While the sector employs a lot of people, there's a lot of work to formalize uh, the sector, formalize criteria. And once again, be on top of mind. Speaking about being on top of mind, we are going to look into and remind ourselves into what makes this housing, this destination, still a leading destination, what imagery we have been locked into our own houses, into our own spaces. So uh, let's take this moment to have a look at the spaces of our beautiful province. Uh, Let's take a short while and look at the promo, the promo video for the destination.
4: Outing, your preferred
0: business events destination. We mean business. We mean business indeed, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But we can only mean business if we work together. Um, I guess with those imagery we have, uh, it has just tantalizes our appetites to want to go out uh, and really explore our beautiful destination but we need to follow the uh, protocols, be optimistic, baby steps towards recovery. Um, as we continue with our conversation, okay. um, we have a point from uh, Ekululeni Tourism, Mr. Fika uh from Ekululeni Regional Tourism Association uh, wants to know, um, um, what are you doing to address growing inequalities um, um, uh, in the sector? As you also uh, elaborate on that, you can also indicate what has been some of your uh, challenges with regard to coordinating COVID-19 relief measures in to your members. Uh,
2: thank you very much, uh, Baba. Uh, thank you for the question. I think, let, let us look at the current state of associations and forums within the province, given the diverse nature of tourism and its offerings. Now, as a Transformation Tourism Council of South Africa, ours is to monitor and provide guidance in terms of uh, triple P. E. And one of the discussions or the inputs that we're making is that there is a real need for direct coordination amongst associations and forums, conversations that involve a sharing of knowledge and a sharing of practices that must really assist our sector to win the confidence of health and safety uh, scientists or those involved in ensuring that we maintain health and safety. And so part of the work that we're saying is (coughs) associations and forums need to really involve and include young people in conversations of collaborations, but of knowledge sharing. In this case, how would you then place each responsibility of each associations and forums within the broad framework of reigniting tourism and in the Tourism Transformation Council of South Africa. One of the repeated conversations we have is that a recognition of the tourism sector, cannot be exclusively based on those who are aware of what's happening, but those who are aware of the needs of the sector. Part of which is then saying, the recognition of tourism must include those who were previously disadvantaged within the sector, but those who were excluded within the market growths and the markets that we attract to South Africa. So it's important that associations and forums really share and collaborate on strategies, but on a uniform approach into growing the sector without the exclusion of young people. Young people form the basis or the majority basis of the population, both in the province and in the country. And so it is important that we bring on young people Around conversations because they may share some innovative ideas that may be used by forums and associations to answer some of the questions that most people are, try- are sort of figuring out or so- still questioning. As we had said, uh, Baba Tito Gwiny spoke of what the new economy may look like, and the new economy cannot be ex- cannot exclude the participation of young people at a broader economic level, meaning from the tourism transformation service that we continue to have, there has been a large emphasis on young people being categorized as just employees and not business people. Now, for instance, for myself, I ran a business out of the Soviet Adventure Towers. And I know I've met a number of young people who run their own businesses. And part of the conversations we're having is, how do we really use technology to push and advance experience of South Africa, by the experience of Africa, providing South African and African technology solutions, not really borrowing from international markets that have been feeding how we really associate ourselves with technology development in tourism. So I think that, that would be my basic answer to, to the question, emphasizing the need for forums and associations to sit down and
0: collaborate and share notes on what okay. is the uniform approach we can take. No, thank you. Um, as we bring in C. O'Connor, um, uh, part of what the GTA does is to work closely with, with associations and we getting, what we are getting from the session uh, today is that associations play a crucial role in input dissemination. What are some of the initiatives that are at the GTA around working with associations, sharing information, but using them as transit points to reach communities as tourism, It's not just private sector uh, 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 driven, it's government led and community based. Thanks, Baba. I
3: think you're absolutely right. Um, And I must echo the sentiments expressed by Nesang in terms of the role of associations, not just in light of sharing knowledge and practices um, around the COVID pandemic and reopening uh, of the sector. But I think as you rightly say, um, tourism is government led, it's industry driven, but critically it's community based. And as GTA, we've recognized that in the last few years, we've not done enough to play a coordinating role in terms of the tourism space within Destination Gauteng. So what we've started on um, about three weeks ago is literally revisiting the institutional framework for want of a better word or phrase to to coin what it is, is to literally look at how we begin to bring together both the public and the private sector um, in terms of tourism, so that we are able to look at how we share best practices, how we collectively collaborate and uh, deal with challenges and uh, new issues as they emerge for the sector. Um, So literally, we are looking at putting up the institutional framework by the middle of July, so that we begin to bring on board our associations um, at the local levels, but also the different chapters in the province, but also private sector largely. Um, And I think we've tried to, we've seen in the last while, that we cannot do this as as GTA or as a Department of Economic Development. We all have to be in it together in order to drive tourism in in, in the destination. Um, And obviously, we can't underscore the importance of working even more closely with our national counterparts because tourism in and of itself, I think in Gauteng, we have changed the view that we have where tourism is not just some fun activity where it's all good and well to be visiting, but I think the importance of tourism as a sector is explicit within our institutional framework and the role that it plays within trade and investment and growing the economy broadly in the province. So I think the institutional framework that we are uh, working on at the moment, we will obviously cascade that into the public and the private sector largely with inputs into what it should be and how it should be driven within the province. Um, That will be done through various um, engagements uh, in the next couple of weeks. But I think that then will assist us in making sure that the collaboration actually does happen at the right level, working with the associations, obviously, um, in terms of roles of communities. And we have started with that trajectory, for example, in Beng, in where we've noted how we begin to revisit the struggle route, for example, um, working closely with the, with the association and the local government there. So I think that's the approach that we are taking going forward. Thanks, Baba.
0: Thank, thank you so much. Uh, maybe if we're to bring you again, uh, Wendy, um, um, there is a general agreement that domestic tourism will anchor a, a recovery. Um, but equally, um, we find ourselves in a space where domestic markets prefer, especially in housing, prefer to go out. We have uh, the highest per capita income. So we make money here. But after we've made money, we want to go out, uh, spend it outside the province. Are there specific initiatives aimed at um, incentivizing local markets, making locals tourists in their own backyard, making locals your priority uh, patrons in terms of your facilities? Are there any specific programs that you and your members will be instituting to make sure that uh, we get locals becoming tourists and explorers in their own backyard?
6: Absolutely. I think uh, one of the discussions that uh, ourselves and uh, GT have been having for a very long time is the development of local tourism. It's uh, an imperative part of restaurants in South Africa and it's imperative to put the experience of many restaurants uh, on the tourism map. You know, we've got beautiful places like Maboneng, we've got uh, beautiful places that we need to bring like uh, uh, Pretoria, we've got the Parker Strip. So there's a lot of um, densely, area, densely developed areas of restaurants that have got unique restaurant offerings. and We've spoken about bringing this in over weekends and bringing the, the trade as well as cross, um, cross-border trading as well in terms of bringing um, the, the, the closer areas from your Michalisburg through to your Rustenburg through to other parts um, as part of us, how to dam sector. So these are all parts that we've been in discussion with that we completely need to expand on. We need to look at ways on how we resuscitate the local tourism bring local tourism as part of um, the, the process moving forward on how we save restaurants. I think restaurants are certainly going to rely. You know, if I look at the heart of beer sport belt right now, I mean, it's, it relies heavily on tourism. So those restaurants are completely shut. But once uh, the cross border opens, we'll be able to certainly improve on the tourism part there. And there's a lot of other parts within Joburg as well, that we need to expand on the new town, um, and so forth. So we certainly need to continue with those engagements on how we put them back on the map.
0: Certainly. Um, maybe if we were to bring you in, Suzanne, um, there's a general agreement that relief measures, especially from government um, uh, funding, uh, will not be enough to cater for everybody in, in the sector who are dealing with competing priorities. Um, the health sector needs investment, Uh, We need more beds, we need more medical uh, facilities, we need social relief to cater, especially for the vulnerable, the elderly, the unemployed. Um, What have been some of your uh, initiatives to uh, assist members to get information but also to coordinate their own relief measures to keep the sector going in anticipation of the opening?
7: But
1: before I answer that, I want to, if I may, quickly jump back to the previous question as well and just add on to what Wendy said. Um, I think going forward, and we predict that local tourism will be bigger than ever. People won't have as much dispensable income and we need to really cater for that and plan for that and take care of our local guests. If you look at um, it, it's a big trend also that people will want real value for money and special experiences. And you can just look at the success of things like the Ultimate Pretoria bucket list and the Ultimate Joburg bucket list, which was started for tourists to find the best things to do in and around our cities. And that has just really been embraced by local followers to really see as our businesses are opening up, as new offerings are coming through as hikes opened a couple of weeks ago. um, Those venues that were doing great hikes and safe hikes were just flooded with guests. And those who were ready, really, really had a great opportunity there. And those who were not ready, unfortunately lost a little bit. And after a time like these past three months, we cannot afford to lose on those opportunities. So just speaking to that, have a keep an eye out what is coming next, what is opening next, and make sure that your product is ready. Um, as, as to your other question, um, it's really important for us to
4: um,
1: represent people from all sectors, which is why the 20 tourism association has so many different chapters. We all work towards tourism and promoting our beautiful country, our beautiful province and of course our beautiful capital city in our case. And the more repre- representation we have from different sectors, the more we can speak to their needs specifically. So yeah, I think that's really important. If I
7: may just Maybe just add from...
1: there. Sorry.
7: Okay. Um,
6: I think it's also just important that, you know, moving forward that we really truly make domestic tourism available to the South African. You know, it's been deemed as sometimes very expensive to be able to Enjoy those parts of tourism or the experiences that go within tourism. I mean, what we certainly have seen a large um, part on or an add-on of our business is certainly a restaurant's extension into the development of food trucks, into the beautiful markets and the arts in the park and the displays and all those elements, which brings the incorporation of all parts of tourism together. So there is that expansion as well as the pop-up restaurants and the park restaurants, um, and the those those parts that are also. I mean, the coffee stations that are the hiking trails and the little guacamole vans, etc. So there is a huge opportunity there also for um, an employment opportunity for purchasing of those food trucks and for the development of add-on businesses to restaurants.
0: I can agree more with you, uh, Wendy. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please use the hashtag GPTourismEngages, uh, GP hashtag VisitKhauteng, Hashtag GP Tourism Engages. Again, uh, use the button below to share in your comment. Your commentary will post it into our guest. We'll also take commentary and input from some of the panel members um, and uh, some of the people uh, participants that that are here. So we will just select and indicate uh, who um, can put in their stuff. GP Tourism Engages, that's our website, uh, our hashtag, hashtag visit Houting, so that we are able to track this conversation. We'll again, at the end of this session, package um, a report back that highlights the key issues that emerged here. We'll send it to all who participate, including all our association, as a form of our newsletter from the session that highlights the way forward that highlights the contact and key insights from this session so that we keep the conversation going and it doesn't end uh, end here. So make use of the facilities below and keep those conversations going. We can see all of them. Uh, we can see also members wants to share information, uh, advertise their business, make contact. We really welcome that. And that's the spirit we want to see. the. Uh, the uh, issues of pricing, especially on the domestic market, as Wendy have indicated, continues to plunge. Uh, people prefer uh, to go uh, outside because of the cost. But there are also psychological and uh, just uh, habits that we find amongst ourselves. Baba would prefer to go buy those red-bottom shoes uh, than uh, spend money on an experience. Uh, How do we change the habits and and the spending patterns? We are aware that uh, tourism competes with other uh, sectors. We want to buy expensive bottles of whiskeys, we want to buy red-bottom shoes, but I guess there is more than value you get out of an experience. Uh, How do we encourage locals to really change their habits?
3: Thanks, Baba. I see you're giving me the the difficult questions. Uh, The other ladies are are getting the easier ones with Nesang, just on a a lighter note. But I think that it really does come down to um, how we package the experiences that we want to put out to our domestic market. And I mean, I think I agree that uh, I see one of the comments that were made was around um, the pricing and how we need to revisit that. And I think we've been having this ongoing conversation internally as well. Um, Right now, disposable income is a challenge. So it's really about profiling the destination and, and, and putting out meaningful packages that meet the needs of, of, of uh, the domestic market, firstly. But I think it's also about really changing the mindset in terms of from a material output into something that is more experiential. And that really comes down to what, what is attractive to the consumers, what is attractive to the market that, that we serve. Um, and I think it, it really is about. We know, for example, that a lot of what we do now is digital. Everything is is, is digitized. How do we tap into our young people, um, the millennials, and make this attractive to them in terms of what their their interests are? Um, so I think it. On one hand, it's about working together with sector around competitive pricing, given where we find ourselves and for the foreseeable future. But I think equally importantly is really looking at what what, what is attractive to our people um, in the domestic market. Um, And I know that we are saying it's domestic tourism, but it's not enough in terms of turning the tide against the impact of COVID. Um, And hence the the conversations around focusing on Africa as well um, and extending that footprint a little bit into the continent before we go international. But I think it, it really is about how we package what we have to offer and make it meaningful. It's about having difficult conversations about making pricing more competitive and easier for the consumer. Um, And I think those are some of the initiatives that we would put forward in an attempt to try and sway our our market um, from where their interests and preferences lie currently to what what I think we want them to focus on.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, We will now look into some of the tantalizing taste of housing experiences. Um, Sometimes it's also about uh, going out to be the the only street in the world to have produced two Nobel laureates walking up in the morning and greeting each other, uh, Villagazi Street. To go there and have the experience, you absolutely pay nothing uh, to get into that um, uh, wonderful street that is also featured in the latest edition of The Monopoly. So we um, really welcome these initiatives by the sector to start marketing our facilities. But the point is you don't pay, you just get into a variety of the restaurants and other experiences there. So it's how we start communicating um, uh, these availabilities. So let's again wet our epi- appetite before we get into the way forward. How do we coordinate relief measures? What are some of the challenges with a clip on the taste of Houding.
5: We'll bring in our clip shortly. Mr. Baba, I'll continue to allow you talking um, talking through our restaurant um, variety and offerings as you have been. And I, we will oh. bring that in a
0: minute or so. Okay. I'm told the kitchen is not ready so uh, uh, to dish our food. Uh, so, so, so Wendy, as we speak about kitchens and the like, How do we make sure that uh, uh, your association also reaches down to uh, members, to those small restaurants in our townships, in our little uh, communities, and they feel that they have been represented, they participate, are there any specific challenges there? And um, how have you been coordinating specific relief measures and what has been the impact specifically on restaurants, by um, as a result of COVID-19?
6: I think, again, you know, one of the key things that we have learned uh, and the learnings have been great opportunities for us to really bring pertinent content back into the industry and be able to self-regulate and formalize a lot of parts of the restaurant sector that has not been properly managed over the years. One of the key things that we have seen through COVID is the shabins and the taverns certainly have not uh, had necessary attention. Um, I know some years ago we did a beautiful project with the GTA, which was called the Dr. Tavern. I think it certainly is imminent that we pick up on that uh, project again and we certainly assist those taverns and uh, shabins in the areas to bring more formality to their business that they also would have had relief through COVID. You know, what we have certainly seen is we've had a lot of contact with them where they have not been able to access any of the funding or registrations through UAF because they haven't been um, properly coordinated and they haven't been corporately compliant. So we certainly do need to offer that assistance in bringing the viability of the actual business and the registration of that business um, to the that that sector to make it available. There's a lot of work in terms of health, hygiene, and standards that need to be implemented and to be made available. We certainly have engaged with partners like SA Breweries and Coca-Cola, who are obviously mass distributors to those areas to also use their platforms to, to enable us to be able to get proper content information of how we mobilise as a part of the restaurant sector. Because as we slow down COVID, One of the key things that government has certainly brought our attention is inclusion of all parts of the restaurant sector. So we have to find ways and smart ways of how we possibly engage with everybody. We are grateful for relationships that we have with uh, the likes of Ecolab and various other partners that have certainly um, given the IP to the industry. You know, the more availability we have of content information that is not exclusive just for our members. And we made the decision, whatever we have available, it's available for the industry regardless whether you're a member of ours or not, whether you're a competing association of ours or not. The information is available. It's been aligned to international standard and it's there ready for the upliftment of the industry. And if there's anybody who's got inputs on that or anybody who can further distribute that information, we are certainly open to receiving your assistance in the dispensation of that.
0: Thank you so much. There's a question here, Wendy, uh, from Bed, and he's saying... um, um, how do we communicate and send out reassuring messages that uh, our restaurants, our facilities are safe um, um, because uh, in in a crisis, uh, everybody is concerned about their health, about their safety, but how do we send reassuring messages uh, uh, to everyone?
6: So the key and most important part is to follow the protocols and not to try and reinvent the rules you know, that causes conflict within the way that restaurants are to operate. So that is very important. One is that the protocols, one, from government needs to be clearly communicated. And two, they need to be implemented into all restaurants, regardless of the type of restaurant. And I think within each restaurant, the clear communication and consistency of delivery of those regulations need to be adhered to. So we need to ensure that we meet the standards that are in place, And if there's any signage or uh, sanitization and the dispensers that are available, we need to ensure that it's to an agreed standard within the industry that, that makes patrons feel safe when they come into our environment, that the consistency, whether they work into a coffee shop or to a farm dining, the um, protocols are executed in the same manner and that we need to do um, religiously. And we've got to keep doing training and retraining and make training available that the more education is available to everybody out there. So I know Ecolab is very um, fruitful in ensuring that we're going to be able to have these platforms and to make videos available on cell phones that we can get the consistency of the message out there. The next part is also for bigger brands that have got the available resources to start making the communication. So not necessarily only about the branding of the particular business, but also about the message in terms that there is consumer confidence to bring government confidence as well that uh, they also are supporting the fact that we are opening so, so we can continue to bring more people back into our businesses and more staff back into our businesses and also to have clear, honest communication and to be able to truly give the staff a platform where they feel that their jobs are safe. You know, the the, the tours and non-payments of UIF has certainly left people feeling very vulnerable. And, you know, people haven't been able to have access to the, the entitlement of them to appreciate their livelihood. 15 weeks later, I mean, I don't need to tell everybody on the platform we're all part of this, but it certainly doesn't give confidence to our staff members. So it's important that we, as Employees ensure that we give um, the comfort to staff to know that it is safe enough for them to be able to tell us if they are not well. And these are processes we need to take from here forward. We need to build um, in the transparency, integrity and confidence of the industry, both to staff and both to the consumer.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm told um, we can now uh, tantalize your appetite before lunch. We can have the taste of Gauteng.
5: Yes, we are getting there. You know, sometimes when you want to eat, your appetite is there and then it may not always happen. So what we will do is we will share our screen this way. Give me a moment while I bring up this video for you and share the sound. Here
7: we go.
5: Let's give you another taster. Mr. Baba, what oh, thank else? That's to show our our guests. I know there is a um, favorite one for the team that they've told me about, which we'd like to bring on.
0: Let's take it, and then we continue with the conversation.
7: Sure. <laughs> We'll <laughs>
0: That's okay. Um, we are really, I guess, ready for lunch. Um, and Nisan, if we were to bring you in as we continue with the conversation, um, the issue about access and the use of technology, not only for young people, but, but the broader industry has come to the fore again as a result of COVID-19. Um, uh, are you embedding access to technology, bridging the digital divide as part of your transformative initiative?
2: uh, Baba. I think, as you note, access to information has become really crucial in terms of understanding where we are as a sector and where we are in in our preparations for the reopening of the industry in in a broad sense. And some of the conversations we're having is how are some of the young people from the townships really accessing the conversations around tourism, especially for those who are studying tourism in the Tibet colleges and the universities to say they need to be a rethinking about what is the output that we are seeking to achieve as a sector for young people. Uh, and part of this goes back to one of the initiatives that we, we ran um, five, five years ago, where we, we said to the National Department of Tourism, we have a platform that is called National Tourism Career Expo. And that seems to have an absence of innovation and entrepreneurship. How do we bridge the gap? And how do we continue the conversation? So access to, to, to information is very crucial especially from a youth point of view, because as you listen to other panelists speak, you can hear the sense of experience and appreciation of the value of the, the sector, which is very important for other young people to hear in Southeast conversations. especially those who, are, who come from very restricted economic opportunities. But for those who are saying, I want to play part of the tourism sector, I want to really, really participate. Given that we're still celebrating 10 years since the World Cup, it has reinfused the energy, but to really re- bring back the excitement around what our country offers and what
0: our province really offers. Thank you, Baba. Thank you so much, Nesang. Uh, speaking about the World Cup, um, uh, really it was indeed a great platform. Uh, but I guess, um, uh, Nesang, we can relive uh, those moments again. I've seen a lot of e-sports uh, platform. Uh, can you imagine? All the three stadiums that we had in Houting uh, that hosted the Soccer World Cup now being part of the esports game, people playing PlayStations uh, on those stadiums uh, uh, that hosted Houting. So, technology really becomes key in our way forward. Uh, um, CEO O'Connor, how do we ensure that we mobilize um, other partners? Um, how do we create an enabling environment? especially from the side of government agencies to coordinate efforts together. Um, We might want to develop a game uh, for people to play visiting routing, uh, but some of our legislative environment doesn't allow us. And how do we get the private sector to contribute? What are some of the initiatives that are there to bring all the role players in place to ensure that this is not just government, but it's all role players? Thank you, Baba. Um, I was uh,
3: just taking down a couple of notes because I've, I've seen from the um, the chat um, in the last while, since we started, um, and I'm just going to mention a couple of uh, colleagues uh, in the group who have been making really awesome suggestions. Roger, Aidan, Neil, Andrew, um, Nesang has just mentioned uh, the role of youth in this as well. Um, I was going to suggest, Baba, that one of the things that we do as GTA with, with our colleagues in the space is literally to convene another webinar, just as a a starting point for a discussion around uh, digitization within the tourism space and including our young people, but not confining it just to young people. Um, And I think as one of our agencies within the the, the Department of Economic Development stable within the province, we have an agency called the Innovation Hub, where we've seen some really phenomenal work coming out in terms of innovation, technology, And I think our colleagues, Roger, Aidan, Neil, Andrew, Nessang, come on board, help us. Let's have the conversation with the Innovation Hub. Let's look at what are the apps, what are the existing platforms that we can optimize on, um, whether it's a gaming app or or using this digitization um, of tourism in some shape or form to, to bring in our young people within the tourism space so that we carve out a particular niche for them that can grow from strength to strength Um, But I I think I'm quite excited at the idea of letting us have a conversation. Let's get that um, going as soon as possible, because I think with the partners in in the webinar today, there's a lot of work that's that's happening currently and has been happening in the recent past that we could tap into, that we can leverage off um, of and, and use it as a springboard to propel us into a greater space for young people digitally. Thanks.
0: Absolutely, and we're looking forward quite uh, uh, with better breath that conversation and uh, the innovation from your sides, uh, colleagues, where you have facilities already running. Uh, let's find a way to um, uh, to, to to collaborate. Um, uh, we'll take time now to allow um, some members of the panel to raise in specific questions or make. Um, uh, a commentary, is there anyone from um, uh, City Bank? uh are there any specific, you will raise uh, your hand in the facility there, then we can see, um, uh, I can check the participants and then you can pose your your question. Otherwise, let's continue to use the chat facility where where we can provide uh, rolling. Uh, We have Paul. Over to you, Paul.
4: Thank you very much. Um, I just want to tell you that I started an online shopping mall in March last year to facilitate uh, merchants moving online and to provide a a one-stop online shopping destination for the convenience of consumers. And with the, the recession and the, the downgrading of South African economy and the coronavirus, it has now now become an essential service and it's very topical. And I'm all about sharing and, and collaborating with other people. So I would like to offer my online shopping mall called BizHub Central SA as a platform. It's very affordable for anybody to come on board and get a foot in the door and to start learning how to market their businesses in an online environment. And I even have a subscription service for, they get three business eBooks every month that explain more and more about how to start and run an online business, particularly for those who are not familiar with the environment or the platform. So that is my offer. And I would like to, I've got a lot of people have um, given me their contact details, which I'm grateful for. I will get back to everybody, uh, but again, like the other lady said, to have another Zoom call where we can talk about this kind of collaboration and sharing, it's no longer about being selfish and keeping everybody to ourselves. The more we can share our traffic, the more we can get sales and and new business, and that is the lifeblood of every business, whether you are small or large.
0: Absolutely. Maybe, Wendy, you can share some experience on how, um, uh, uh, restaurants have been able to utilize uh, technology. Uh, we've seen during the certain stages of the lockdown, um, uh, uh, restaurants be allowed to do deliveries. Uh, but some of the other restaurants saying hey, it's quite an expensive exercise to do. We are geared towards servicing people inside. How do we ensure that people are able to tap into these expanded ways? of reaching the market and improving quality service to everyone.
6: You know, one of the things that we certainly have done as uh, RAS is certainly to bring the affordability and availability of the opportunity for all restaurants to have the platform to do delivery and to do takeaways um, and then the online um, reservations that will be part of us moving forward in in the reopening of sit-down. One of the things we found most uh, was the the cost of it was extremely high and it was uh, monopolised by major players. So on our assessment, we looked at it coming in at about 37 to 42% of the turnover that restaurants were making. Um, which, And there was no relief from the third-party guys to come in to say, look, they are prepared to reduce their rates at all. So it opened up a whole new mechanism, a new opportunity for a lot of other players to come on board. And we saw um, pertinent players that have come in from around about 10% right up to 15%. And we've seen a whole development of digitalization. Our restauranteurs are are very tactile people and they enjoy the engagement. So there's a lot of education and learning that is going forward in terms of um, changing their business model from having a doorman at the door to meet, greet and seat now to taking reservations online. So it's not only come with the cost of it, it's also come with the transformation, the change to the inception of their business. I think when we see the reopening, we're certainly going to see a big movement um, to technology. So we've got uh, lovely partners on board that have certainly come in with a very reduced price to understand and have certainly made it their, their, their business to um, involve themselves in the rebuilding of the restaurant industry. So they've come up with very clever applications and concepts, which is uh, very cost-effective to restaurants. Um, and we certainly are looking forward to restaurants using some of those. One of the most exciting projects we've bought in is a little device that is in every single restaurant when you work, walk in with your cell phone the cell phone is available um, the menu comes straight on the cell phone so it's contactless and it's also you can do your credit card payments directly on it and it's linked into the restaurant uh, pay system so we certainly seen that uh, a lot of clever applications are coming on board that makes it available to here that is also easy for them to use and all those applications are available on our website and they're also available um, through the medium of communication that we do. So we have uh, advised all the members what we've got. If anybody wants to know about the other digital platforms we use, you're welcome to give me a shout.
0: Absolutely. Um, we see all your questions coming in. Before we get to you, uh, Suzanne, just to bring CEO corner again, there uh, is a growing... Uh, uh, there's a question here, CEO, about tourism monitors. Um, Where are they? What do they do? Uh, How can people reach um, uh, them? Uh, You explained earlier on about how we are revisiting this program. Do you want to expand more? Thank you, Baba. I was
3: going to suggest that we have um, that conversation as well. I've I've seen uh, uh, Kulukili's questions around the monitors. So the GTA, as I've said, has worked in partnership with the National Department of Tourism Um, As its implementing agent for Gauteng's implementation of the project, we do have around 180 monitors that were deployed from uh, early 2018 um, up until I think it was the end of uh, March when we went into lockdown. Two different sites across the province. And as it was a pilot program, um, there were obstacles that were identified and we worked through those with the Department of Tourism. So whilst the program as per, uh, NDT has been suspended, given the lockdown and the difficulties that we are faced with, we do have plans with the NDT to roll out the program once the sector reopens and, and things return to some level of normalcy, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. I think we're all very eager um, for the sector to reopen um, so that life in tourism can continue. Um, But essentially Kulukile, and I've noted a couple of other questions around it, the program has been implemented in different uh, provinces. Um, As it is a pilot, there have been some challenges and those are mitigated as and when uh, we we go through the program day to day. But we do have plans to resuscitate it again as soon as we are able to and then to revive the program so that it has greater impact, um, greater output in terms of the tourism monitors, because ultimately The tourism monitors in and of itself is leading up to helping these young people within the tourism space to open up their own businesses to some extent across the tourism value chain. So there's a lot of work that has to be done around the tourism monitors project and the the phase two, if we can call it that of it. Um, And perhaps it's another conversation we need to have right now, whilst we are waiting for the sector to open completely, to look at how do we collectively as Destination Gauteng make substantive inputs to the Department of Tourism in terms of the revival of the program and the phase two implementation so that it does meet all of the requirements that we think it can meet. And um, looking at that as another platform for young people to become meaningfully um, um,
0: engaged within the space. Thank you. Uh, Absolutely. The opportunities uh, are galore and um, it's up to us how we utilize them And these projects provide us with an opportunity to learn, to test. We can only test and learn if we're doing something. Um, uh, If they move out of our PowerPoints and our computers and they get into communities. Speaking about communities, Suzanne, um, how does your members, how does your association also bring on board um, uh, ordinary communities who are beneficiaries of our tourism marketing and development um, uh, uh, efforts um, to stimulate appreciation, but also to raise concerns as recipients of the services we provide.
1: Powerful. <clears throat> excuse me. For us, it comes back to uh, representing all our different areas and all our different chapters. Um, I saw Louise asking earlier as well about a similar webinar for accommodation providers. And Louise, uh, just in between. Sorry, left my video there. Uh, Louise, also check out uh, the TBCSA protocols. It's also on the China Tourism website that I gave that address earlier. Um, There's specific protocols that you can just um, keep the ones applicable to accommodation to make sure you can use that. Yes, and Baba, it's, it's about um, all the different businesses and communicating so that we are all giving out the same message and reaching young people. We spoke a lot about young people earlier, and especially in this time of digital advancement. We need them so much because they are absolutely the, on the forefront of that innovation and that knowledge.
0: Absolutely. Um, young people are the future and definitely no one can stop them. If you ignore them, you ignore them at your own peril. Um, let's continue to use our hashtag, hashtag GP Tourism Engages, hashtag GP, hashtag Once again, hashtag GP Tourism Engages. Let's share, we are also live on uh, Facebook. We are taking some of the commentary directly from uh, uh, Facebook. There was a question about wedding venues and associations uh, around uh, weddings and the like. Just to indicate that um, our last webinar of this four-part series will focus on business events and associations related to that sector. So we'll definitely be able to put that one up but we have also referred some of your inputs to our colleagues that are dealing with business events. We note that in many parts of the province, we have stunning venues and uh, weddings um, uh, play a crucial role in generating demands. And speaking about leveraging such facilities, uh, I was talking to other young people the other day and say, uh, specialize in taking wedding pictures. Uh, but not only just wedding, we uh, pride ourselves with being a cosmopolitan city, uh, embracing all diversities. We can imagine others specializing in LGBTIQ plus weddings um, and taking fict- pictures offering their, their services. So a message from this sector is that opportunities are available, uh, these associations, these players that are here are ready to work with you to make sure that you are able to be part of the value chain in, in, in tourism. Uh, we are going towards the end of our session. So I'm going to ask each of our panel members to also wrap up, indicate the way, uh, way forward. How do they envisage all of us here playing a collective role towards firstly assisting you as an organization Secondly, assisting our communities to appreciate tourism better. Lastly, how do we communicate and coordinate relief measures and information? Let's start uh, uh, with you, Nisan.
2: Uh, Thank you, Baba. In terms of the way forward uh, as we close, part of the role of associations and forums is to really do an analysis of the current state of all businesses or members that sit in their forums, because to reignite, we need to understand the current challenges and the picture that's there so that forums associations, for instance, with the relief fund that has been done by the tourism department, the conversation is to say, did that relief fund pay for your bills or did it pay, for you to maintain and be ready for the reopening of the sector. So did 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 the fund go to debt that has been in the business, or did it really assist you in preparing for the reopening of the sector? But also to say forums and associations need to take advantage of the eagerness and diversity of young people in terms of informing the future of how businesses relate to tourism, but how young people can add in some of the innovations that are needed to answer some of the questions that must be prioritized, specifically in Africa, but in South Africa. But also to say, Association for us must look at the uh, growing, houting together document that's out there now. That paints a picture of where we are going for 2030. And really, you have conversation around, does the document speak to them? And how does it inform the role of tourism in a broad economic sense? I think I'll leave it at that,
0: Dara. Okay, Suzanne?
1: I think I want to say in closing, um, guys, we are all here on the panel today to encourage you and to give you advice and to tell you what we are doing. But I also um, pick up quite a bit of frustration in the comments. And I think it's good that we all remember and remind ourselves this is the first time we are dealing with this. Um, We are figuring it out as we go along. And the best way to do that is with our colleagues and with our industry and with our associations. Speak to each other. Uh, Get in touch with the contacts that you made now in this chat on the side where people have been collaborating and networking a bit. Um, Contact the associations. Make sure you have the protocols that are out already. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. But it's okay to be frustrated. We all are. It's a very difficult time. You are not alone but reach out and help others where you can. And then I'm sure someone else will be able to help you as well.
0: Thank you so much, <laughs> Susan. Uh, um, uh, Wendy, your closing shot and how can your association also work with other association? Here I'm thinking of uh, tour guides, uh, mm-hmm. uh, tour operators whom we had wanted to have them here. And how do we plug them out within your value chain, so that they are able to increase the entire offering, not just inside the restaurant, but the entire value chain that creates a memorable experience.
6: Absolutely, you know, um, I think this is a a very engaging session. I thank you for inviting us along. Uh, We certainly invite uh, every collaborated relationship that is available out there, whether it be an association or private business, that certainly can offer any assistance that will benefit the restaurant industry. You know, at this point in time, it's crucial that we save the restaurant industry and we bring as many people back to work. And there's an imminent plan. And then obviously post getting the restaurants open, we certainly need to look at a recovery plan on how we save many of the restaurants going forward. And uh, I think we can't do it alone. We certainly as an industry need to talk and we look, need to look at clever opportunities on how we save as many restaurants as possible. Um, we need to drive customer expectations. We need to reinvent the business model of restaurants. We certainly need to encourage restauranteers to talk to us about their leases it's very important that we um, most importantly help restaurants in terms of not going back to these leases we've got Mooney Ford on our panel they are very happy to help restaurants with uh, the negotiations on uh, the re-signing of their leases cancellation of their leases or looking at rental reductions permanently so these are imminent conversations that we need to have and um, the staff morale is very very important for us in the retraining and the, the bringing of those businesses back to life with the uh, Um, a way forward where we actually get staff to feel good about what is happening and to be confident. There's going to be a lot of difficulty in moving forward with bringing staff back to work. We are going to continue to engage with suppliers in terms of preferential rate, the municipalities in terms of the high utility costs and um, obviously moving forward, bringing pertinent information on how we can certainly engage with restauranteurs. And the most important thing is that we have to be able to invite restauranteurs who have been innovative, not to be subjected to discrimination and have their restaurants closed down at a time like this when they have come up with clever solutions that could be a new norm and moving forward. So we need to have more pertinent conversations in moving forward. Tourism absolutely plays a vital part, um, and it's bringing all parts of local tourism together and looking for opportunities, whether it is bicycles or whether it is hiking or whether it is um, food fairs or whether it is something, to to certainly raise the platform of domestic tourism in South Africa and find clever ways That is also becomes budget conscientious. Uh, We will certainly continue to talk to restaurants about remodeling their menus and readjusting pricing structures and looking at alternative supplies. We've got a lot of shortage of supplies currently in South Africa that uh, we can't get our hands on. And we also need to look at the management of food prices moving forward that uh, doesn't become so expensive to eat out in restaurants. So what we do have at the moment, we've got uh, a lot of pertinent parts that we're collectively looking for information. We put a little facebook page out that's available for the industry anybody that needs employment that has been retrenched to have them on that so we can still keep the critical skills and uh, put training out to that facebook page and uh, look at the experiences on it and we've got another facebook page which is also critical for us at this time to understand which restaurants and iconic restaurants have closed that we can take that collective information back to local tourism and uh, to the regional parts and then also back to the national department in terms of how we're going to revive these uh, restaurants that have closed. So we invite uh, anybody to be part of the association. You're welcome to contact me at any time, join our WhatsApp lines, join our forums of communication. We've got our website, we've got our Facebook and we certainly have our WhatsApp groups and we um, invite anybody who feels that they've got a product that can benefit the restauranteurs at this time to allow us to have a look at the methodology used to see if it is viable for us. And Thank we you so much. To you in the
0: future. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wendy. And um, I, I'm definitely sure uh, everybody who was here and who are joining from everyone, everywhere in the world will really take up the offer um, uh, from your side. Um, CEO O'Connor in your closing associations are indicating their willingness to collaborate to partner with you with your organization. Um, your closing shots in relation to how do we become tourism strong, how do we care for opening, but how do we also make sure that we open cautiously, mindful of balancing health and livelihoods?
3: Thanks, Baba. Um, I think one of the immediate thoughts that came to mind throughout the conversation was that I think we need um, a more consistent, um, continuous engagement with our associations within each of the corridors, um, so immediately, I would suggest that we start looking at scheduling similar webinars or Zoom, Zoom chats with each of the associations in all of the corridors. Um, I think that that enables us as GTA to have a better understanding of the, the unique issues, but also the general issues that, that we are all confronting at this point in time. And I think it will also be important, um, Baba and colleagues, for us to bring in our Department of Economic Development, Um, I think we need to communicate um, a little bit more as GTA in terms of the the dual responsibilities we have between the GTA and the Department of Economic Development. Because I I think it was Susan that mentioned earlier, we are all frustrated and a a number of of the the chat messages that we've seen come through on the group is is testimony to that. Um, And I think if we understand who we are in the partnership, we are better able to direct our efforts and put um, initiatives in place. So, I think as and when we engage the associations, we need to bring in our, our, our shareholder department um, who does uh, play a key role within the space as well. Um, and I think earlier on, um, as colleagues were talking around marketing destination, Gauteng domestically, but also across the continent. I think that requires a concerted effort from all of us because it stands us all in good stead to work as one um, and in a more collaborative manner in terms of uh, marketing the destination and profiling the destination um, so that we have an uptake in that regard. Um, I do look forward to Baba the, um, the 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 suggested webinars or zoom calls that come out of this conversation, um, especially around the digitization of the space and working with partners that we've mentioned earlier on in that regard. But I think it was, it's, it's quite interesting and it's, it's heartwarming to see that there is this consensus that we all need to work together. I mean, I think we started off saying that tourism is government-led, industry-driven, but it is community-based and we are all in it together. And we need to understand that without each one of us as a key role player, um, we're not going to move ahead in the way that we need to to get ourselves out of this successfully. Um, I think the tourism monitors conversation is an important one to be had. Um, And I think we need to pick up on that as soon as possible as well. Um, And I've seen also, uh, Baba, what we've been trying to do in recent months is to start reaching out more. I think there was a comment on the chat about when GTA was in Newtown, there used to be more stakeholder engagement sessions. And I think now is is an opportune time for us to to resuscitate that. Um, There was also a conversation to be had about the visitor information centers, where we come from, where we are at the moment and how we are moving forward because we have done quite a bit of work around that. But again, it highlights that we do so much, but it's not in the public space and we don't share that information. So that information sharing across the board um, is highlighted for me in this session. Um, and then just to end up saying that we do have our marketing committee chairperson, uh, Ms. Ravele from the board who has been with us throughout this webinar. And we do thank our board as GTA for their continuous direction and leadership on all matters related to tourism, especially during this difficult time. But uh, just to end up saying that it's been great, I've enjoyed the session, and I think that there are many things that can come out of this um, that we can take forward uh, to turn the tide uh, for Destination Gauteng. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, CEO. And I'm not gonna spoil those closing remarks, just to emphasize that we will be packaging a newsletter that summarizes some of this and share with members. Uh, so some of those inputs, keep them coming. Use the hashtag GP GPTourismEngages, t- GP hashtag visithouting. Use the same social media platform you have been reaching us to share more information. In less than a week's time, we'll have packaged all the information and share them back to you. We have other a, a, a two webinars coming in We're gonna be focusing on the tourism carriers, the transport sector, the airlines, and um, please do join us. We'll also close up with um, a webinar on the business events. As we know, Houteng is the hub of business events, lifestyle and entertainment. So once again, these webinars, these sectors have a dual relations with where you guys are